0: Morning, welcome to Emmett Audio. This is gonna be a long May Virtual Apprenticeship Challenge episode. We're back at it. I'm walking up the normal dump, not the dump road, the uh, the road past Archibald McLeish's house. It's raining, so you might hear a little pitter-patter of raindrops on the umbrella. And maybe some equipment in the background. You know, something I'm not quite sure what. <clears throat> And I still have a bit of congestion from being sick last week. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Today, uh, I want to try and walk you through the rest of the axing process for me. If you haven't listened to the previous one about safe axing techniques, there's actually two previous ones that have to do with axing. You need to start with those because I want to make sure you're being safe. I'm not going to recover all the safety stuff that I talked about, Norm. I'm gonna talk about the crank. We're gonna start this episode assuming that you have axed in your crank face, which I also think consider the reference face. For those of you who are carpenters and are used to thinking about things in terms of like one face sort of dictates everything else. This is the face that you've axed in and you now have drawn your spoon shape onto it. Now this is the point where I use the saw. So I use a, what do I use? A Silky Excel 21 pruning saw. It's got about an eight inch long blade. It's got a straight edge to the blade, which is important. You don't want it to be curved, which a lot of pruning saw blades in that size are. And it's nice to have it be that size. If you get like the shorter Gomboy or the little ones, there, you're not. They're they're almost as heavy and almost as big, but you don't get nearly as much range on each cut on each pull. <coughs> and if you go for one of the really big katana or whatever, the big boys, they're just overkill, and you're going to strain your hand trying to balance more than you need. So, I've tried a bunch of saw blades, um, five or six different ones. This one is my favorite. Uh, So here's a little trick to how I suck, because what I'm going to do now, once I've drawn in my spoon shape, is I'm going to trim the end of the bowl, the end of the handle, and I'm going to put in stop cuts at the shoulders. We're going to get to the stop cuts in a second, but let's talk about the end of the bowl and the end of the handle first. So some people really like to use an axe to do everything, right? It's like an excuse for them to use an axe. I don't think that it's really a great move to do that for a couple reasons. First of all, if your axe is not particularly sharp, (coughs) or just depending on the qualities of the wood, trying to axe around the end grain of a piece of wood, you can end up crushing the fibers and introducing tears, splits, which turn into cracks in the tip of your spoon. Um, So, If you are struggling with that, that's a sign that you're trying to ax basically straight across the end grain uh, in an unsupported way. It's crushing the fibers and you'd be much better off just sawing right at the end of your spoons and then sort of axing close to it, but not trying to get that last little bit that's truly straight across the end grain. Let the saw do that. Much more efficient to do it that way. I also put my saw cut right up against the outline of the spoon. For the same reason there's no point it's th- that's the hardest thing is cutting across end grain so there's no point in leaving yourself more of it to do than you absolutely have to trust that the outline of your spoon is going to have some wiggle room within it right it's a sort of sketchy outline you've deliberately made it a little bit big so you can go right up to your outline and not have to worry about did i you know cut off some material that i want later you haven't now If you're like me and you don't have a workbench with a vise or anything near where you're working, you just have the stump, here's a handy trick for sawing like this. I sink my axe hard into the stump, sort of right in the middle of the stump, and then I pin the wood with my non-dominant hand, which for me is my right hand, but basically the hand that's not going to hold the saw pins the wood down between the axe and the edge of the stump. The part that you're going to saw should be hanging just off the edge of the stump, but... You want it fairly close to the edge. You want it to be supported because getting an easy cut with a handsaw is all about reducing vibration, which is why putting it in a vise works so well as the vise sort of clamps down on it and just reduces the vibration. So you want to have, come on dogs, come on. You want to have the tip of the spoon, you know, maybe a half inch, maybe an inch hanging over the side of the stump, but no more than that. And then here's the trick, is your hand is going to act as a pivot because the saw blade is going to pull on the, the part of the spoon that you're trying to cut. Your hand is going to act as a pivot. And if you sink the axe hard into the stump and let the other end of the spoon, not the part that you're sawing, but the other end, the part on the other side of the pivot, come up against the back of the blade there, it's going to further reduce vibration and stop it from pivoting which means that you have to press down less hard on the spoon blank. If you don't have that pivot stop of the axe, and there's some good uh, short videos on Spoonosaurus of me doing this, um, but if you also just watch, you know, a minute of me doing a bunch of and stuff on some YouTube video, you'll see this right away. It's real clear. That pivot stop is really helpful because it means that you kind of lean with a straight arm. Don't, Uh, like you actually want to lock your elbow of the arm that's pushing down, you sort of lean into it. And I'm leaning both down and kind of forward. And in that way, I'm pinning the blank to the stump face. But I'm also pushing it up against that, um, the back of the axe. And so when I then use the saw, which remember pruning saw is almost all cut on the pull stroke, it's going to pull that end towards me which then sends force through the pivot of my hand, but it's going to come up against the back of the axe and it's going to stop that from pivoting. And it's just going to make sawing much easier. Now, when you saw, let the sharpness of your saw do the work. Similar to axing too fast, people try and be too aggressive with the saw. If you're too aggressive with the saw, you're going to get it out of alignment and it's going to bind and worse, you might kink the saw blade or even snap it. So nice and easy, make sure your saw blade is sharp and let the saw do the cutting not your body. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be more efficient by being harder, faster, more aggressive with the saw. Nice and easy. And I generally find that it's most useful to let the saw be at an angle not straight up and down and not straight across, but sort of biting an angle and and one of the corners off, and then sort of work at that angle. Whatever the natural angle is that the saw extends from your hand, that's the angle you want to do, not something where you have to contort your body. So, I trim the tip of the bowl first, typically, and I try to sink the axe close enough to the edge of the stump that I can still get that pivot stop, even when I extend it, the blank, so that I I can do my shoulder stop cuts. Now, stop cuts are just a way of making it so that you can split off the material on the side of the handles and not have it split all the way down into the head of the bowl. Right. The nice thing about stop cuts is that they allow you to speed up that part of the process and they act as kind of a safety, so that when you're using the axe it doesn't just, you know, you have this, this safety stop. Some people do two stop cuts, one in front of the other on each side. I think that's overkill. I think you just need one. But here's the two important things about stop cuts. Three important things about stop cuts. Number one, perhaps most important, you want to make sure that it is not right at the shoulders. If it's right at the shoulders, that's going to be something that uh, you're going to find yourself consistently biting into the shoulder with the axe more than you intended as you're trying to trim around the back shoulders later on. You need to give yourself a big target for your axe to hit without removing material that you actually want. So put your stop cuts at least a quarter inch, a quarter to a half an inch, down from the shoulders themselves into the neck zone. Now your stop cuts need to go right up to the line that you intended because they only do you their job if you can split off right to the line so that you reduce the amount of carving that you need. Now remember you have a certain thickness in that ballpoint pen, and that's going to allow you to, uh, that's going to allow you to essentially, uh, it gives you some wiggle room. So you want the stop cut to go right up to that pen line, but it is very easy to overcut the stop cuts on the back side if you are not being careful to have your saw blade be straight up and down uh, as you get to that final line. So you have to be really good about that. Now on the side of the spoon blank that's facing away from you, it's fairly straightforward. You're just doing a, you know, regular saw cut that you did before. The side that's towards you, here's what I found that works best. If you turn it around so that you're trying to then pin the spoon bowl with your hand, it's just you don't have enough, you don't have any pivot stop. It's just, it's a nightmare. And if you don't have a vice to stick the spoon blank in, here's the best way to do it. Holding the spoon blank in the same orientation that you did for the far stop cut, the stop cut on the near side, you're going to do by just taking the saw in your hand, not shifting the grip to a pistol grip or anything like that. You're just going to keep holding it in the same way, and you're just going to torque your wrist so that you're, taking your hand, which is facing palm into you, and make it go palm out from you in a, in a, in a kind of like twisting your hand so that it's palm out, and that's going to rotate the blade, so that's blade facing forward. This can feel a little awkward, but it's actually a very simple up and down motion with your forearm to make this saw cut at this point. And if you're having a hard time visualizing this, just go watch one of my videos. It's very clear, very easy. It's just about tucking your elbow into your side, rotating your wrist outward, and that allows you to make this saw cut in a very simple, easy manner. Again, you're not going to use much force. You're letting the teeth do the sawing. Now, one of the things I like about the Silky Saw that I use is that it has a lock back position that allows me to lock it back in a slightly more cocked position and that position is easier to hold in the straight up and down to hold the sort of the edge of the teeth straight up and down at 90 degrees to the top face which helps me not overcut on the back side because the blade is more straight up and down as I approach that point where I want to stop. So that's a really useful thing that I didn't understand for a long time and it, you know, it's nothing that, it's, I think it's designed to help arborists under, do undercuts on limbs that they're taking off, but it works really well for this purpose. And the saw blades that I've seen that do it are the Silky Saws have it, and the Corona Quicksaw also has it. Um That's the other one I'd recommend besides the Super Excel. It's a little less expensive. I, as far as I know, it's just as good. Um... Dogs, Willa, come, come here, Willa, come here, come here, there's a car coming, come here, come here, good dogs, Maisie, come here, all the way, sit, Maisie, come here, good girl, good girl, stay, 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 okay, let's go. Good dogs. Okay, so once you do your stop cuts and you've trimmed off the tip of the spoon, I then flip it around and trim the tip of the handle. Again, I'm gonna go right up to that the outline because I don't wanna cut across more end grain than I have to. At that point, I am now ready to start using the ax to shape the spoon itself. Now, here's where you need to make an assessment. Is your spoon blank already wider than it is deep? Or is it a pretty deep piece of wood, a pretty thick piece of wood, and it's actually thicker than it is wide? If it is thicker than it is wide, it makes sense to ax down the back of the bowl and the back of the handle to make it shallower so that you when you split the material on either side of the handle, it is more predictable because if when you're trying to split something, if it is deeper than it is wide, it is less predictable how it's going to split because there's so many fibers holding it together. The part that you're trying to split, it just takes more effort. And it's also like, who knows what those fibers are doing. So if it is a really thick piece of wood, take the time and ax down the back of the bowl, and the back of the handle. And what I do is I imagine basically on the underside from wherever that deepest point of the V is on the top reference face, that is going to be the deepest point of the bowl. And so I need to leave the most material there. So when you're flipping it over and you're looking at it from the backside, like you're going to do this axing, that point is going to be the highest point left. You're going to leave all that material. And you're going to start from there and ax your way towards the tip from there. And you're going to flip it around and axe your way from there down towards the handle. Now, I usually start with the bowl side. I don't know why, just because, um, I guess, because here's a good reason why I like to, or I like to do things in the order in which, uh, where I try and front load the riskier stuff. So it's much easier to do too much axing in the bowl than in the handle because the bowl is deeper. And if you mess it up, well, then you haven't wasted any time axing the handle yet, and you can discard it and move on. Um, So I do it first because it's the riskier part of these two actions. What you want to do is have the axe essentially hit the same spot each time, and you're going to take the tip of the handle, which is in your hand, holding the blank, and you're going to rotate it downward. And by rotating it downward, as you make each blow, a little bit each time, you're going to create that nice curve on the underside of the spoon bowl. Now, you don't have to get this perfect at this point. Remember, you're just trying to lighten the load of material on the back of the spoon blank. Um, so, but it's a good practice. It's a good place to practice that. For each blow, you're trying to... Essentially, you're just like letting the axe do the exact same... Blow each time, and by rotating the spoon, that cut will travel and it will have a curve. And you will essentially remove material in in a curved form from the back of the spoon. Now, for the handle, the same thing applies as I talked about when doing, when axing the shallow, long part of the V that's going to be the top of the handle. If you try and just start at the that deepest point where you started for the bowl side and you try and push it all the way down to the back of the handle, by the time you get to the end you're going to have to be using so much force that it's going to be relatively uncontrolled. So it's much easier to either split it in half and do the lower half first starting at the half that sort of goes from the middle of the handle to the tip of the handle and remove a bunch of material from there and then start at that the back of the bowl and blend it into the cut that you just made or do a series of relief cuts up the back of the handle, which is just where you go blow, 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 staggered maybe half an inch apart, whacking your way up the back of the handle to about where you want to be. And again, you're just... When I'm doing these cuts, I am... This is an instance where I am... Because I'm relatively far away from my hand, I might be slightly less choked up on the axe and holding the tip of the spoon more in a like pinch between my thumb and two Two first fingers but as I get closer to my hand my blows get softer and softer so you have to be aware of where your hand is so that you are being gentle gentler as you get closer to your hand and gentlest when you're real close to your hand so that again you don't hit yourself with the axe you have to be super careful about that either way if you're doing these relief cuts you're doing blow 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 up the back of the spoon blank, and then uh, that allows you to then start at the top and work your way down. Because you have severed all those fibers holding that material to the back of the spoon handle, they will then peel off much more easily. They won't hold to each other the same way that they would, and you're able to sort of dress down the line you want. Now again, you're you're, you're gonna have a chance to dress down the line a little further with the axe once you've you've removed the waste material on the side. So it's not worth trying to get the exact line you want. It's just about making the spoon blank shallower than it is wide. And that's gonna allow you to split off the material on the sides of the handles with relative ease. I'm gonna talk about how to do that in a separate episode tomorrow because there's a lot of concepts at play because how the the most common way that spoon blanks get ruined is accidentally hitting the back shoulder of the spoon with the axe. And I've developed a really nice way of not ever doing that, but it's going to take a full 20 minutes to describe. So we're going to cover that tomorrow. This is one of the most crucial things for you to learn when it comes to spoon carving. This will, uh, this will be one of the most important techniques for you to learn. So I want to do it in a separate episode, not crush it in at the end of this one. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow.